I never thought about it, man. I never thought about the Hall of Fame. I never thought about the accolades. It was all about winning the championship. Everybody wasn't just going to follow Ray. Everybody wasn't just going to follow me. You do things different, you know, and that's what make it work. You know, it just it just worked. I know Ray is one of the best football players that I've seen play this football game. But like I said, you know, who's Batman, who's Robin? <laughs> like you know, you can really, you know, argue that. Man, it's funny you remember that, man. One of my most embarrassing moments. <laughs> Welcome into the lounge. Uh, really excited for this episode. We're going to talk to the GOAT, the GOAT safety, Ed Reed. Uh, just one of my favorite players. I mean, I think is my favorite player of all time. Grew up watching Ed and just absolutely loved watching him play the game. I don't know that there's a player who's more fun to watch play. I mean, this is somebody who, over the course of his career, was so exciting. Every time he got the ball in his hands, which was a lot for a defensive player, which is a lot for any player, but uh, he was electric. He was just so much fun to watch, and as much fun as he was to watch, he's almost equally as fun to talk to because he's got so many different perspectives. Uh, He speaks his mind. He's honest. uh, He's so authentic, and so it's a real honor today to be able to talk with Ed Reed. I I really feel like and you grew up in Ohio, so you can't speak to this at all. Um, <laughs> but as as a native Marylander and, and Ravens fan growing up, like they were, you know, you of course like loved Ray and Ed. Yeah. yeah. But they were kind of two camps. Like you kind of picked like, are you more of an Ed guy or are you more of a Ray guy? Right. And I was an Ed guy. You were in that camp. I was in that camp. Are you just saying that because we got the podcast no. today? Okay. No. No. I actually, I, back I, I was going to say I'd tell Ray to his face, but I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I can actually back you up. I know that you've always been an egg guy. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's, he was awesome. Awesome. So, anyway, uh, with no further ado, we'll stop talking about how awesome Ed is and talk to him. Uh, so, all right. We're welcoming in Ed Reed. What have you been up to these days? Like, what's, What does a typical Ed Reed day look like? Um, I um, the workout or working with some kids or something like that, man. I do it do a lot of work with my foundation, you know, right now. Um, we're building a park in my old neighborhood. You know, I'm still working with Baltimore schools, Booker T. Washington, you know, and um, Seed School up there. Um, so preparing foundation stuff, getting ready for the Hall of Fame, you know, getting ready for my gala in um, Baltimore and stuff like that, man. You know, outside of trying to play golf, I'm actually about to run over to Bridgestone now and <laughs> – Get fitted for some clubs, and hopefully they want Tiger one with. <laughs> and, um, you know, and um, just but just trying to spend time with family. You know, you, you know, there's always something going on. You know, so trying to make sure stuff is in order. How, how many cigars a day are we talking here, Ed? <laughs> oh man, it varies on the day. <laughs> you know, um, yes, yesterday it was just one. You know, so it just varies on what's going on. You know, if I'm relaxing all day, man, I might like two or three of them. In. Nice. Nice. I know you got some nice ones some blue smoke right here. Yeah, this is some nice ones. <laughs> yeah, man. Keep, keep a fine cigar. That's why I came up with the name ER, Fine Cigars. You know, it's always a pretty decent stick I'm smoking on. Nice. Well, next week is a big week for you. Uh, you get the gold jacket. Uh, you go in and you officially become a Hall of Famer. So what are your nerves looking like right now preparing for all that's coming next week? 
I mean, nothing major, you know, finishing up a little stuff on the speech, which I haven't really been working on as much, just thinking about it. Um, like I said, there's a lot going on, you know, prior to this happening. Well, what's a little preview of the speech? Because I always, you know, when you when you were a player and, and also when you've, you've come around for your retirement press conference, like your speeches are, are uh, something to remember. You're a deep thinker. You look at things a different way. So I always enjoy those. Uh, what What can we expect next Saturday? I mean, you can expect, you know, for me to talk about people that helped me along the way. You know, uh, my parents and the things that they had to go through, you know, um, growing up, you know, and me being in the same neighborhoods that they grew up in. You know, um, that's a big part of um, my story is the people that really helped me to get where I'm at. And you picked your your father to be your presenter. Uh, can you just share a little info on on you know why he was the pick? That's a no brainer. You know, my dad, my dad, and my brother actually. Um, you know the reasons why you know sports was big. You know in the house. You know so, say so my dad played at the same high school I played at. You know so. Nice. Well, when you were when you when you were a kid, and you know, with your dad, and and just playing backyard football, did you ever think about, hey, maybe I, one day I'd be a Hall of Famer? You know, that would be awesome. What what did you think about when you were a kid playing backyard football? Well, well, we didn't have a backyard. Um, <laughs> where were you? Enough. Where were you playing, Ed? Um, you know, my dad, my dad played intramural sports, so I always watched him play sports, you know, um, basketball, softball, you know, hear the stories about his football game when he was in high school. Because to my godfather and some of his teammates tell stories about him and um, watch my brother play play street football on side of the sweet shop, Mercedes sweet shop. <laughs> you know, I used to watch him playing ball all the time, watching all the older guys and wanting to be in that game. You know, because I was playing football myself, obviously. And, um, you know, it was, just, it was just always seeing them playing sports. You know, when I when I went to sleep, my bedroom, my brother, all his Letterman plaques was in my room. You know, so that was just something I looked at all the time. Like, wow, you know, my brother have a lot of accomplishments. He's doing a lot. You know, so that's the reason. Plus, my dad had me active in sports. Like, it was a requirement, you know, as I think it should be a requirement for kids. Mm. That they play sports, you know, that's like training, basically. It's like developing a skill. You know, even if you don't go into sports, at least you learn the skills of working working with people. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That stuff carries you and and teaches you so much. You know, it takes you so far. The, the, the lessons I've learned through sports, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people can say that. Mm-hmm. At what point in your career, Ed, did you think that the Hall of Fame was something that could actually happen? I never thought about it, man. I never thought about the Hall of Fame. I never thought about the accolades. You know, um, I did want to lead the league in picks. But, you know, other than that, it was all about winning the championship. You know, it was never about the Hall of Fame. You know, you hear it from people, you know, and I'm smart enough to know football knowing I was a bookend 
for the Hall of Fame at some point. You know, I didn't know when because I know it's a lot of politics that go into these award shows and stuff like that. You know, I was robbed once before, so <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really think so much about the Hall of Fame, man, because you know you got team accolades. You know, and and my focus to win a win a Super Bowl. You know, win a national championship in college. Those those were the ultimate goals. It was never about you know, wearing that gold jacket, honestly, you know. But now that it's here, you know, I'm just soaking it up. You know, there's so much more to enjoy. You know, I'm enjoying the ride. I mean, I'm, I'm able to enjoy the ride. You know, on, I'm like, unlike some pavers that came before me. You know, I was just watching The Godfather of Hollywood last night and just listening to Jackie Robinson, you know, he went through a great time in his life and he wasn't able to enjoy it. Mm. You know, I have a lot of family stuff going on right now, you know, and um, that's what I'm dealing with. So trying to enjoy it, but you know, you got, you got things that are so much bigger in life than accolades. You know, you still got kids getting shot across America. You still got people in powerful positions making ignorant comments that making society crazy. You know, so there's so much things, so many things that's going on now that, you know, when you have a platform like this, what do you do with it? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm excited for your speech at because you're going, <laughs> you're going down my kind of road here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, like I always enjoyed... I feel like I could just talk to you for half an hour about like life and society and all that stuff. So that's why I'm I'm interested to hear well, how much when you've been asking questions versus you know just talking. Yeah, you know that's a that's a totally different you know um, conversation. Yeah, like, you know you when you someone is asking you a question that kind of sparked the thought you know to talk about life or politics or whatever it may be. You know, I, I I try not to get into politics, but I know you have to be part of it. Like it's it's part of all of us. It affects all of us. You know, so there's something. I'm sure there's something there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's something there, man. Because like I said, it affects us all. You know, and that's where we at in life. Like to be honest, like we're we're at a generational state. We're at a stage in life now where. It's about politics and cell phones. <laughs> you know, so, and then the yeah, two get combined a lot. <laughs> they do. They do, which is crazy. Right? Crazy, man. Well, one, one of the best parts, I feel like, of you going into the hall is that it gives us all, like, another reason to watch your highlights, which is always just a fun endeavor. I, I could spend half my day just wasted away watching your highlights. You can go down the YouTube rabbit oh, hole. Oh, yeah. I just get no work done. <laughs> um, so, like, have, have you been reminiscing more lately, you know, as this approaches? Do you kind of allow yourself to indulge in that? Only only when I see clips of it, like people, you know, send it to your, your Instagram, social network, or something like that. You know, I don't, I very often go back and just pull up a highlight, yeah. stuff like that. Usually, somebody send it to me, you know. But I don't mind. I mean, that's that's something I enjoy. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> you know, I, I like seeing those plays, you know, and remembering those times. Man, it brings you back. It really does bring you back. Yeah, you know. So tell people keep posting that, man. I need to see that. <laughs> <laughs> me too. We're definitely going to keep yeah. posting. We're definitely going to keep posting that over the next week. I'm curious, like, can you take us inside your head? 
when you were a player, like once that ball was snatched, because you were such a, a smart player, you always seemed to be in the right place at the right time. There's you had instincts that were second to none, and and I think a lot of that was probably from film study. But like, take us when the ball was snapped and you're watching the play unfold in front of you. What is going through your mind? Or was going through your mind? Well, it just depends. It's, it's so many factors, you know, that go in before the ball is snapped. Um, just getting to play along, knowing what personnel group they had on the football field, who's they go to receiver, you know, what's the formation, what's the down and distance, where you at on the football field, analyzing all that quickly and giving, you know, trying to make a decision on what to do. Um, it just it just depends, you know. I could take you back for a second to Miami. They used to bring in number thirty eight. Can't think of his name right now, but anytime they motioned him um, back into the backfield, or should I say, by the quarterback, a fin motion where he comes in and goes right back out to the same spot, it was always the same play. Wow, you know, so just trusting and believing that what you re- what you saw on film is going to happen, you know. In uh, some cases, it, it it didn't happen. Very few cases it didn't happen, you know. So <laughs> always just trusting, trusting what you saw, you know, what you believe, um, believe it, you know, and go from there, you know. Um, in the play, man, I'm just have just worrying about really honestly doing my job. It was not. It was not a moment where you know, I'm not thinking about just doing my job and everything else to take care of itself. Athletic ability, you know, all the rep, all the reps I've had playing football. It's like people ask me, players, man, teach me how you did this, how you did that. I can't teach reps. I can't teach you repetition over time. You know, meaning I played a lot of football growing up. You know, football was an escape for me. Football was an opportunity for me. So I didn't know that as much as a kid, but that's what we did to get away from situation and circumstances, you know, bad structure, you know, around my neighborhood. You know, that's the reason why I'm building a park right now, because kids need something to do. They need to escape from their surroundings or they're going to come become part of it. Right. You know, you're a product of your environment. My environment was at the park. My environment was playing hours of football, you know. So that's what helped me to be the player that I became over time. You know, I can't teach repetition. I don't know how many times I can say it to a guy. You got you to gotta want to practice. You got to love the practice. You got to love just getting those reps in. And watch how they how you reap the benefits from it, you know. Truly. Mm-hmm. Now, once you, you know, made- the radio long enough, you're gonna become the guy. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, once you made an interception, what's running through your head? Oh, score, no doubt. <laughs> I was I was an offensive guy. You go back to high school, man. You go back to my recreation days. You know, I I was an offensive guy. You know, I wanted the ball, I played receiver, I punt returned, I kick returned, you know, block punts, whatever it may be, just to get the ball, just to make a play for the team. Mm. And when I got to uh, 
when I got to Baltimore, you know, you guys <laughs> remember <laughs> we didn't really have much of uh, <laughs> offense. <laughs> I knew I know where this is going. Ed, Ed, you were one of our best offensive players. <laughs> mm. We didn't have it, man. It was a struggle. It was terrible at times. You know, I can remember us playing against the Colts in Baltimore. We gave up five field goals and we couldn't score a touchdown. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, coming from Miami, man, having that tradition, having that championship attitude, you know, I knew what it took to win a championship. I knew what it took to win. You know, looking at those scores from back in the day, our championship runs, we didn't give up much. We didn't give up much, many points. And the defense scored touchdowns. They didn't just get turnovers. They scored touchdowns. You go look at the great championship teams, they get turnovers. You know, they, 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 they cause, they make points for the offense, you know. So that's what we had to be. That's the mentality over time being in, being in Baltimore that we had to understand and get to for us to win the championship. You know, you got to be one of the best red zone, third down turnover teams in the league in order to win. You go back and look at the teams that's winning championships and see where they're ranked with turnovers and see where they're ranked, you know, with scoring defense. That makes a difference in your team attitude unless you got, you know, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, you know, guys like that. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Joe Flacco who don't turn the ball over in the playoffs. That makes a difference. Right. The other part of winning a championship, Ed, is, is the culture piece. And recently you did the interview with Joe Buck, and you talked about that changing of the culture back in 2012 and getting guys to pick the towels up off the ground and just have respect for their environment. Can you talk about how you went about that behind the scenes in terms of changing that culture and establishing uh, an environment of respect and everybody kind of taking care of what they're supposed to do? I mean, that's life, man. You know, your environment controls your success. You know, the people you surround yourself with, it, it affects you. It controls, you know, what you're going to be doing, you know, years to come, days to come. You know, I didn't want to be, and I'm sure a lot of other my teammates didn't want to be around guys that wasn't cleaning up, you know, guys that are going to leave stuff on the ground, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and in the showers that are causing infections and staff and all this other stuff, man. Like, it's the little thing that we talked about. Ray and I talked about it plenty of times. It's the little things, you know, that you need to do to win a championship. Stuff you wouldn't even think about. You know, you just running over people. That's, that's not the way to do it. You know, if your environment is not positive, you know, you got to worry about other stuff. How are you going to accomplish the goal at hand if you're worried about other little things? You know what I'm saying? You know, it was just it was just bad when it came to that. And I'm sure it's across every locker room. You know, I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if Baltimore backed like that. You know, where guys are not paying attention to the little things. You know, these kids are younger, you know, not as domesticated, you know, like that's, that's, that's nice. That's nasty, man. It's, it's real nasty. 
you know, hanging around that stuff and you talking about winning the championship, but you're running over the little man. You know, it's no different than coaches that run over the little man. You know, you run over the little man, you're not going to get that unsung hero doing his job to the best of his ability. You know, you're just going to get somebody coming to work. I've seen this stuff. You know, I've been a part of that, you know, where coaches don't understand that, you know. They, they just do what they want to the little man. And those are the unsung heroes, mm-hmm. you know. Those are the unsung heroes. Um, my boy Josh made the last play. Josh Bonds. Made the last tackle. Josh Bonds made the last tackle in the Super Bowl. Yep. You know, but these these are guys that you're saying don't, you know, not not um that important, you know, free agents, you know. Leaders to say Josh is still playing in the league, you know. So it's just so many little things, man, that you see over time, you know, that you know that just, just the, it won't, it won't help you. You know, coming from Miami, we had to make sure our stuff was cleaned up. You weren't tearing up our locker room. Then I get to the pros, and it's like a step back. You know, like it was crazy. Yeah, well, I think that was one of really one thing that a lot of people. Uh, respected about you and, and still do is that you're always an advocate for the little guy, you know, like behind the scenes, like you just, you fought for those guys. You hung out with them. Your, your locker was back there with like the rookies and the undrafted rookies and the first year players. And, you know, like that was you. And, and, you know, Ray was, you know, you guys just led in kind of different ways. You know, he gobbled up a ton of attention and you kind of worked uh, behind the, the scenes almost a lot. Can you talk about how you and Ray kind of worked off each other to both lead in your own ways and, and what your relationship was like off the field? I mean, we, we, we're just different people. You know, we do different things. You know, grew, we raised different, grew up different, but we were brothers. Um, you know, I never, we never really talked about how to lead or leadership stuff. You know, Ray did his thing, you know, and that didn't matter. So um, I was never a guy who cared about the fame and the limelight, you know, and always just knew what it took to be successful. You know, my first team was my family, you know, and making sure that, you know, we were all good. We had to work together. My dad taught me that, you know, you take care of home first. You know, the locker room, that's my home. That's our home. You know, that's for the players. You know, so whether I hung with every guy or not, you know, there was a part of this team. And they're going to have a lot to do with what kind of success we have. You know, and it's a game we playing, so you better make sure everybody's on point. You know, not just the guys who get the check. <laughs> you know, so and you got to understand that the guys that don't get the check, they're they struggling. They struggle a little bit. They got family to take care of just like you do. So if I could take a little bit of pressure off my teammates to make them at ease and make them want to play harder with me, not for me, but with me, you know what I'm saying, because it's a partnership, then I would do that. You know, let's let's all go out to eat, you know, and, and, and you know, I'm going to say I'm going to pay for it, but I know when I get there, you're going to have guys like Joe stepping up and Quan stepping up you know, and say, man, look, we're going to help you with the bill. You know, mm-hmm. I just wanted to get everybody out away from the facility. That way we can just hang out and do stuff 
like normal people. It ain't always got to be about work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, I learned that in I learned that in high school. Continued to do it in college because it was already being done, and we just kept the tradition going. You know, you get to the league, there's no tradition. It's up to your leaders to lead a certain way. You know, and not everybody is going to follow one guy. You know, everybody wasn't just going to follow Ray. Everybody was just going to follow me. You know, so you do things different. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what make it work. You know, it just it just worked. You know, I can't say it was always smooth, but it just works, man. Yeah. I, I always felt like there was a, a, a Batman and Robin analogy used for you and Ray during your careers together, which I never really liked because I just didn't feel like Robin was badass enough to really describe you. You know what I mean? Like, well, who said I was Robin? Exactly, that's that's a great point. You, you could have been the Batman. I like. Did you did you kind of resent that analogy uh, during your playing days? Well, people always make comparisons. You know, I yeah. mean. Ray was already known, you know, I was already doing my thing in college, you know, and when I got to the league, you know, I just kind of, I mean, probably because I worked with Ray so much, I was always around him. That that came from that, you know. Mm-hmm. People don't know your heart. People don't know your work ethic. You know, I was going to do what I did regardless of being around anybody because mm-hmm. I know my work ethic, you know, and that that was formed in Miami. You know, so I was already making the same plays that I was making when when I got to the league. You know, I was already blocking punts. I was already returning interceptions for touchdowns. Go check my resume. You know, so those stuff, those things are going to continue. Um, Did I resent it? Not really. I didn't care. Ray was Ray was big brother to me. You know, I know Ray is one of the best football players that I've seen play this football game. Mm -hmm. You know, so. You know, it's a it's a good and it's a good and bad thing. I guess you can look at it, but like I said, you know, who's Batman? Who's Robin? <laughs> like you know, it. you can you can really you can really you know argue that. But we probably were more like you know X Men, Avengers type thing. You know, everybody <laughs> had they everybody had their own super strength. You know that they brought to the table. You know, exactly. Well, what was Batman, it? Robin, man, was whack. <laughs> 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 I, I agree with that. Uh, before we let you go, we'll finish up with a couple of quick things. What was your favorite interception in your career? My favorite interception? Oh, man, I caught a one-handed interception that got called back against the Giants. <laughs> One of the pretty sick Because um, I was getting pulled down by Monty Toomer as a Monty Toomer getting pulled down by Chris McAllister, I believe. Like, it was crazy. It was one hand. Um, Kansas City was pretty dope. We caught, a, caught an interception against Kansas City. I was showing the blitz, and at the snap of the ball, I just ran right straight back, and the guy threw the ball on a dig route. Um, and he threw it right to me. <laughs> but um, I don't know, man. The icing on the cake is definitely the Super Bowl, though I should have had like three or four of them in there, but I couldn't. I couldn't move because I was um, I was hurt with two two um, MCL springs, so I was pretty pissed about that, but we <laughs> won the game, so it didn't really matter. So you you're, know, tell- but- you're telling me you played that Super Bowl game with two MCL springs? Yeah, yeah, it's on the books. Wow. I had a second-degree second MCL sprain on my left leg and a 
first degree MCL sprain on my right. Um, all happened in the first quarter. Wow. wow. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, but that's, that's, that's the game, man. You'd have had to, you had to do a lot more to get me to come out of that game. You know, <laughs> I mean, I knew where the ball was going. Obviously you can see that all the way up until the ball goes to Crabtree because I was supposed to be blitzing on that play. And, um, I saw Kaepernick looking over there. It's like, nope, I'm not blitzing. <laughs> and uh, but my favorite interception is Kerry Williams catching the interception against New England a week, two weeks before. Because um, Brady threw it, I said Brady gonna throw it right to you. You know, if you ask Kerry about it, he'll tell you. I told him, just catch the ball. He's gonna throw it right to you. You know, so. Kind of knew what Brady was going to do with things too at times. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one that you had against the Texans in the playoffs, like the year prior, 2011 playoffs. That one right in the end zone, divisional playoff, mm-hmm. all that leaping. Yeah. Going. Although I was worried you got injured, you came down, you yeah. were all shaken up. I was like, oh no, Ed. <laughs> never, never get injured on the interception. <laughs> <laughs> too much excitement. So which which teammate or coach would you say like helped you the most during your NFL career? Whether it could be one important lesson or or something that just really impacted you. Oh man, my ultimate teammate is Reggie Wayne. You know, between him being my roommate in college and just keeping in touch throughout our NFL careers. You know, Reggie Wayne is the ultimate teammate and coach for me, man. We knew each other like the back of our hands, you know, and if we was going through something, we knew who to call because we both went through the same stuff. We was, we was, we was able to relate to each other, you know. Um, one of my favorite coaches is Dean Pease, you know. Dean Pease took everything that we were doing prior to Rex and Chuck Pagano to a whole nother level of what they all were doing in Baltimore and trusted what we were talking about as players. And that's why we won, man. Not saying we couldn't have did it with Chuck or Rex, but, you know, Dean just wanted to understand what we were doing with Rex and what we were doing with Chuck that separate, you know, that was going to separate us. And he just listened more, man. You know, and um, I love Dean for that. You know, because that's something – that's something I've not argued, you know, kind of had to fight for partnership with coaches in the NFL, you know, especially at the caliber of player that, you know, I was and Ray was and Terrell and Haloti, you know. Some coaches just get it, man. Like, it's it's a partnership that we have. You know, it's not my way or the highway as we had in the past, you know. Right. Hey, that's you, another conversation for another day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you you mentioned Terrell. Uh, did you think at all when he went to Arizona this off season that it was similar to you and your final career in the NFL? And, and what were your thoughts? No, that? not at all. Really? Man, it was. I mean, it was. You know, when the Ravens are done with you. They done with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I wasn't in the meeting with Terrell. Mm-hmm. I just know I didn't get offered anything. So my dynamic was a little different. Terrell is going back to Arizona, which is home for him. 
Mm-hmm. I like that look for him. Um, you know, but the Ravens taught me so much about the business. Like I wasn't surprised. You know, I I was in the I was in the room when Ray got the same call. You know, and Ray was free agent, and they were like, "We don't have anything for you. Go test the market." You know, Ray went and looked. He looked at Dallas, and that was intriguing to him. And he, you know, he much rather stay. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot you have to deal with and go through as you playing in the NFL. A lot of people don't know that. Like, you know, it's not it's not just go play football. You know, that's a lot that the fans are missing. Mm-hmm. You know, if fans are getting out of hand, that's a whole another conversation too <laughs> that I would love to dabble in. But as entertainers, they feel like you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do that. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to take pictures and do all this. You're not, man. Like, you're just as human as other people. Right. You know, but us as players got to understand, too, you know, where people are coming from. Because in some cases, you know, everybody's not going to see you all the time. They might not even see you again in life. You know, so, like, how do you weigh that on right. the scale? You know, I always get to talking about this stuff, for him, and, and it reminds me of Danny DeVito. It's not not uh, Robert De Niro uh-huh. and Wesley Snipes in the stand. You know, I think that's a great movie to to been remake. You know, in this climate, like fans are crazy, man. Yeah. Fans are getting out of hand. You know, and what I was saying about um, it being a reflection of society is like the NFL created thirty two games. You know, because. If you love your team, you love your team. Like Pittsburgh Steelers fans, crazy fans. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they're crazy fans. Our fans are like that too, to some degree. But I don't, I don't see the ignorance, the throwing the beers, and doing all that that you hear about. You hear about this stuff, and you're like, "Come on, man!" I know me. I'm like, "Come on, man!" Like just go to the game and go home. <laughs> you. you know what I'm saying? Like. You're supposed to go to a game and enjoy yourself and enjoy the family and stuff like that, man. But it's not supposed to be somebody losing their life, you know, getting knocked out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's it, not it that serious. Be that. It shouldn't be that serious, but it is. Like, right. it really is, man. It's, it's out of hand. You know, it's truly out of hand, you know. And then with all the social network and cameras, that's why I've created an app. You know, for entertainers, for athletes, to where, you know, they can they can kind of enjoy taking the picture with fans and get something out of it, especially if they got their own foundation like we do. You know, I'm I'm raising, we're raising Glenn. If I'm not mistaken, we're raising like 1.5, 1.8 million to build this park. Wow. You know, everywhere I go, I'm getting stopped by a fan. Hey, can I take a picture? Hey, can I take a picture? Everybody has cell phones. You know, so I'm like, man, I got to do something about this. My time is my money. Like, that's how I make make money now. You know, my residual income comes from me doing signings and taking pictures and stuff. I'm not trying to break you. You don't even have to pay for the picture. But if you buy the picture... You get a write-off through my foundation. I don't get any of the money. You know, it goes through my foundation. You donate to a great cause. And see, you just so happen to get a write-off. <laughs> you know, if you pay 20 bucks or whatever it is we, we come up with, or whichever picture you want, you know, if I sign it and put HOF on it, 
you know, as people ask me, I'm signing autographs. People are like, can you put HOF on there? I cannot. Because <laughs> I get paid. I get paid a premium price, you know, to put HOF on there. You know, 325. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that makes a difference. 325 is, you know, my induction number, just so you guys know. Okay. So yeah, if you see like- an autograph by me and it don't have 325 on there, not number 20, 325. It's probably not real. <laughs> <laughs> and we, I love how you figure you know, everything out, man. Wait, you know, you talking about the pictures, that actually reminds me of at, when we were at the Super Bowl party. And remember, we had Jay-Z and Beyonce there. And a bunch of guys wanted pictures with Jay-Z and Beyonce. And I remember you went up on stage and got on the microphone and said, leave them alone. Stop taking pictures. They're people, with, too. Let them live. Let them live. Yeah, man, man, it's funny you remember that, man. That's probably <laughs> one of my most embarrassing moments. <laughs> <laughs> Like, man, that is Beyonce and Jay-Z, and you know everybody do want to, you know, you they want to talk to them. But I was just like, man, let them enjoy themselves. Like, they took the time out to come to our party. They probably would have went to San Francisco party, too, if they'd have won, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I was just like, you know, they, no, they, they, I felt like they wanted to be normal. Just like, you know, we're going to go to this party and just enjoy ourselves. There's nothing big. We're going to go there and just relax. And, you know, I knew they probably knew it was pictures, but I like that, man. Like, let the people enjoy themselves. Let them relax, you know, and that's all it was, man. Like, we just won a Super Bowl, too. Like, this party, man. <laughs> they came to party. Right. You wow. know, but but as I walk off stage, you know, and I, I bump past Mary J., um, I, I'm walking out from behind the stage because that's where I had to go to um, go on the stage and I come out and a teammate of mine is right there. This is Corey Graham. Corey Graham is from New York. Uh-huh. Right? And he walks up to me he's like, hey, hey where's Jay-Z and Beyonce at? I'm like, where's Jay-Z and Beyonce? I'm like, they over there. You had this? Corey Graham comes up to me like, man, you gotta take me over there to Jay-Z and Beyonce. I'm like, dude, did you not just hear what I said over the <laughs> microphone? And you want me to take you over there to J&B? I'm like, all right, man, let's go. You know, like, sorry for New York. You know, so I figured I'd just tell J&B, like, you know, man, I didn't mean anything by it. I just want y'all to enjoy yourself. But by the way, here's a teammate from New York. He wants to meet y'all. <laughs> You know, so I'm like, Corey, man, you don't put me in that position, dude. Like, that's messed up, man. But, you know, it, it was funny. You Corey, know, Corey earned it. Knew that story. Corey earned it. He yeah, got those, he he got those he two picks in Denver. <laughs> he, he definitely did, man. No doubt about it. Corey was my guy. No doubt about it. I would have did that for him ten times over, you know. And I had actually met Jay-Z plenty times before that. Um, or should I say plenty times? A few times. But one particular time in Miami, me and Brian McKinney, who was on that championship team too, mm-hmm. we were down in Miami at Opium, the old Opium, and Jay-Z was there, and he left us a bottle and all that good stuff. It was pretty cool. Nice, nice. That's awesome. Well, that, that, good memories right there, Ed, and uh, we can't wait for the some best. more. We have the best. best. memories, man. I, this I don't... started off last year. You know what I mean? To cut you off, but this started off last year with um with Jay Z and Beyonce on the run tour, that's where it was at. In the soup. 
flawless, man. So, and, and Beyonce was singing Happy Birthday. You know, and it was my birthday at the nice, time. So, nice. Yeah, it's pretty. It's been pretty cool for this year coming, man. I ain't gonna lie. It's been a ride. I've been able to enjoy it with family, and um, you know, it's just been some stuff that man been exciting. It really been exciting, man. You know, I haven't told many people about that. Like just how how this year begins for me. You know, I went to the college football Hall of Fame. You know, I'm in the high school Hall of Fame. Now the NFL. Pro Football Hall of Fame, you know, and the Greater New Orleans Hall of Fame also, which is after the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So it's been exciting, man. That's awesome. Well, you deserve all of it and more, Ed. We we appreciate you chatting with us, man. You're awesome. Thanks so much, buddy. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Have a good one. All right. All right thanks, too. Ed. All right. Well, good stuff from Ed, as always. You get, I, I love that, like, Ed – you know, when you're talking to him, it takes it's a winding road. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like you get off on some tangents, and he's even like, I I'd, I could spend 30 minutes talking about that. I kind of want to do it. I know this I could know. have been a, an hour and a half long pod. Well, it's like we we have the list of questions in front of us, and as we're going through and we're listening to him talk, I have to look and be like, wait, which question did we just ask? Because I'm not, <laughs> we're not talking about any of it at this point. We're going down all these different paths, and uh, and that's what I love about him is is like I said at the top, he's such a he thinks about things differently. Yep. He has a unique perspective, uh, and he's not afraid to speak. His mind so just a super interesting dude and i'm sure that his speech uh next saturday uh in canton is going to be one to remember yep well congrats to ed reed on going into the pro football hall of fame and we I hope should, that I a should. lot of ravens fans are going to canton because it's going to be a good time i'll be there we're going to have a crew out there so yep. we've got some more stuff planned with ed over the course of the next week and and you were talking about his highlights how much fun they are to watch we're going to be rolling out a bunch of those over the course of the next week so we have a video that we've been working on every single ed reed interception 64 of them correct 64 regular season ah mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm not sure if we're putting the postseason i hope we are because okay. that, that texans one that i talked about that postseason yeah uh, so that, that'll be really cool. I can't wait to sit down and watch that video. So thanks for listening. As always, you can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. And we'll be back with you next week.